also a year of fearless faith. Is that something you want for yourself? Is that something, does, does fear cripple you? Does fear bother you? Are you? Do you struggle with fears? Fears about speaking up, fears about dealing with situations, fearing, uh, you know, uh, facing problems or taking the first step. So much, so much we do in life is crippled because of fear. And God says so many times, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. God has given us promises. Promises beat fear. And faith gives us function, gives us what to do. What are you willing to say no to this coming year? How are you willing to redesign your life, recalibrate your life, your priorities? What are you willing to say no to to say yes to faith? Yes, say yes to faith. Today, I just want to elevate the value, just raise the value of faith. And then I want to talk about how fearlessness is possible. God values faith. God values faith. He says in 1 Peter chapter 1, and I love Peter. I love those passages. Peter, I resonate with him a lot more than Paul. Uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born what? To be born again into a living hope. A living hope. How? Through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So as Jesus rose, hope rose. As Jesus came to life, our hope was a living hope. Will Jesus die again? Our hope and will never die again. It will never die. We are raised to inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. So you have a future. You have a wealth waiting for you. But your faith is what gives you perspective on that. It helps you check on the balance of your wealth in heaven. Who by God's power is, uh, are being guarded So let's do that again. Living hope through the resurrection, verse 4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who, that is God, by God's power, are being guarded. These people are being guarded through their faith. So what is the the strength? what, What is guarding your inheritance? What is guarding your understanding and perspective of your inheritance in heaven? What is guarding your time on earth? So that you are saved from it and ready for heaven. It is your faith. Faith is the currency in heaven. Faith is the currency that God works with. You say about money, I can't do anything without money. I mean, money is a necessary evil, but you actually can't do anything without money. You know, Uh, love doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, Uh, good intentions doesn't pay the bills. You need money. For anything, you need money. Uh, Just the way you talk like that, in God's economy, nothing works without faith. Nothing works without faith. So you really need to become a student of what faith itself is. Faith is not religion, etc., etc. Faith is not just believing a certain school of thought or believing a philosophy on something, believing in the existence of God. That is not faith. Faith is actually taking life actions based on that conviction. So we become students of faith. In this you rejoice. In what? In that faith. Because of your faith, it results in joy. Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved with various trials. So that the tested genuineness of what? Your faith. So what's going to happen to your faith? What's God God going to do with your faith? He's going to test it. He's not going to test it for 
pass fail, he's going to test it for genuineness. He's going to test it for hairline fractures. He's going to test it to make it strong, to prove to you how strong your faith is and how much your faith can get you through. That you don't break if your faith doesn't break. You don't lose if your faith doesn't lose. But if I was to ask you quietly, you and me, Starbucks, <coughs> cup of coffee, halfway down to the bottom, if you and me were to have an honest face-to-face discussion, 2022, what was the condition? What was the, uh, the health of your faith? And most of us would be like, it could have been better. It could have been more. We could have done, I could have done better. How? We don't know. Why it wasn't that we didn't do that one, we don't know. But all of us would want it to do better. None of us would say, ah, I'm doing great. So the tested genius of your faith, more precious than gold. You got that? More precious, your faith being more precious than money, more precious than the most, most valuable asset. And even gold perishes, tested by fire, may be found to circle the word result. It may be found to result in the praise and the glory and the honor, in the praise and the glory and the honor when Jesus comes. So when Jesus appears, the only thing that's going to shine from your life is not your bank balance, it's not the cups in the, uh, your, your, uh, you know, your accolades and your winning cups and all your uh, trophies. It's not going to be you know, your great accomplishments. The thing that's going to shine when Jesus comes back is your faith. In fact, the son of, the Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So when I talk about faith, I'm talking about people who are willing to trust God to get an auto all the way for the next 10 years of their life, for who they're going to marry, for who they're going to uh, do life with, for how they're going to face the challenges of tomorrow. People who don't choose not to worry. That is a powerful, difficult thing. They choose mentally, aggressively, <coughs> decidedly not to worry, and they decide that God is in control. <coughs> Those are the people. Those are the people. Those are the people that, uh, de- uh, that demonstrate faith. Found to be to the praise of the glory of the Lord Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. That's how faith works. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him. <clears throat> and rejoice with joy inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith. Obtaining the outcome of your faith. Obtaining the outcome of your faith. Is this sinking in? What are we talking about? We're talking about a currency with which you do your spiritual life, and that is faith. When you're low on money, you don't get out much. When you're low on money, you kind of budget and work within what you've got. When you're low on money, you don't plan big. When you are low on money, you avoid people with a lot of... Faith rests on promises. How do you know a person has faith? How do I know I trust you? How do you know I trust you? Well, you said something and I believed it. You said something and I... Believed it. <coughs> Faith rests on promises. 2 Timothy, sorry, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 through 5. His divine power has granted us, granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. By which he has granted us, listen, his precious and very great 
promises. What has God granted you? In abundance, what has God granted you? His precious and very great promises. Why? So that through them, the promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption, escaped the decay in this world, wherever you are, wherever you are, there's a promise for you. Whichever day it is, there is a promise for you. You live on a promise. You live by a promise. You meditate on the promise. God has told me. God has said, he will not forsake me. God has said, he's got a plan for me. God has said, he'll stand for me. God has said, he will not let me down. God has said, he will provide. You take a promise and you build your life on it. You build a plan on it. You build a profession on it. And that's when you're living by faith. So where there's a faith, there's a promise. You say you have a faith, you've got to tell us about your promises. You've got to get that two, those two things going together. Joshua, not one of all of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Not one of all of his good promises. Every single one was fulfilled. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Why? For God can be trusted but God can be trusted to keep his promises. If I lose you here, you lose the connection to where we're going. Okay? So, hang in there. Hang in there. So you have faith. Faith is seen in how you rest on promises. How you believe the promises of God. Of course, you can't have faith if you don't know what the promises of God and your faith is never exercised. But what is an alternative to faith? What is an alternative to faith? <clears throat> the alternative faith is 1 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For the spirit of God gave us, or the spirit that God gave us, does not make us timid. Does not make us timid, but gives us three things. Number one, number two, number three, there you go. Power, love, and self-discipline. The opposite of that is timidity. The opposite of power is Timidity. The opposite of love is, oh, it takes courage to love, mind you. The opposite of self-discipline is timidity. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, of fearfulness, living in fearfulness. And let me warn you, don't, don't hide behind your personality. Don't, when the truth of, is, is you're a coward. The truth is you're timid. The truth is you're fearful. And you're not willing to take God at his promises. That's a timid person. That's a fearful person. You're not willing to step out. You're not willing to risk. You're not willing to take a chance. You're not willing to pray daring prayers. Why? Because you don't know a promise. You're not willing to hold on to a promise. God has not given you a spirit of timidity. But of? It is fear. Timidity. Retreat. Cowardice. Indiscipline. Laziness. Let go and let God. Just let things go as they are. God will let it happen. God will take care of it. There is a certain wisdom in doing that at times, provided you're building on a promise. But when you're not building on a promise and you actually don't want to be responsible for anything or outcomes, then that's actually fear. So do not fear, Isaiah 41. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. What am I going to do? I will... I will, next, I will, I will uphold you. How? With my righteous hand. Let's do that again. I will, I will, I will uphold you. These are the words of God to you. 
Joshua 1 verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Any direction, any country, go on a train, go on a plane. Wherever you go, the Lord of, your God is with you. Fear and faith do not go together. So let, let's talk about what it means when God says, do not fear. Okay, let's talk about that. I want to break that down psychologically. Break that down in our understanding. What does it mean when God says, don't worry? What does it mean when God says, do not fear? Listen carefully. The real issue God wants us to wrestle with is where we go when we fear. Where do you go with your fears? How do you deal with fears? Because everybody has them. Every single one here has fears. Fears about weakness, fears about people, fears about looks, fears about money, fears about power, fears about influence. Every, every single one of us has fears. Okay? So let's come to terms with that. So when God says do not fear, what does he mean? Now, just think with me. God isn't giving you insight to a clear sea. He's not giving you an insight to clear seas. What do I mean by that? When I say to you, oh, don't worry, everything will be fine. That's completely opposite of what God is saying. Okay? I'm trying to give you an idea. Everything's going to work out. At least for now, leave me alone. Let's just get through this. Everything will be fine. Why are you worrying? Everything will be fine. That's not how God says it. When God says, do not fear, he doesn't say everything will be fine. He says, do not fear. Everything will not be fine. I'm going to say it again until the lights come on. Do not fear. Everything will not be fine. Nothing's going to be okay. You're still going to have trials, tribulations. You're still going to be out, outdone by other people. People are still going to cut you off in traffic. People are still going to stamp all over you or walk all over you, walk ahead of you. People are still going to use you, abuse you, and leave you. Do not fear. Okay, God, what are you telling me not to do? Not to fear. So he's not saying do not fear because everything's going to be fine. He's saying do not fear because when everything is not fine, you break down and you are crippled when you act in fear. You are paralyzed when you act in fear. And when you give in to fear, you do not act in faith. And when you give in to fear, God cannot use you. God cannot answer your needs. He's not saying everything's going to be fine. There's going to be problems. There's going to be breakdowns. There's going to be enemies. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be trials. There's going to be valleys. They will come. 2023 is not going to be special. It's not a breakthrough year. It's not a new season. It's not the year of dominance. It's not anything different to 22 or 24. Same relatives. Same spouse. Same rupee. Same dollar. Possibly same political party. Nothing is going to change. Not even your looks. So no, nothing is going to be okay. Everything's not going to be fine. But do not fear. Because fearing doesn't help you deal with what's coming in 2023. Do not fear. 
Fear itself is the problem, someone once said. Fear is the problem. Fear is to be feared itself. It's a bigger problem than the problems you face. Your mental stature is a bigger issue than the problems you face. When you give in to fear, you cannot act in faith. And when you do not act in faith, God will not answer your prayer. For anyone who chooses to please God must believe that he is and that come to him in faith. Hebrews chapter 6. So simply put, God wants us to come to him. God wants us to act in faith and God wants us to, to, to take, mom, take decisions in faith. Fear can paralyze you. Fear will paralyze you. And not all of us fear in every area of our life. Some of us fear only in maths test. But in English, we are, yeah, or Hindi. Some of us fear, not in school, but at home. Are you getting the picture? Some of us fear when we are around smarter people. Some of us fear when we are not doing so well. And there are seasons, situations, there's that particular time that cripples you. And that is what God wants to work through. That's going to be your place of victory this year. That's going to be the change that God brings about for you this year. Are you hearing me? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you thought about that area? Is it a relationship? Are you scared if you lose that relationship, everything will fall apart? Is it your job? Are you scared that if that job changes or if you do badly in that job, your life is going to fall? Is there any one area of your life you feel that if that doesn't go well, my life's going to fall apart? That's your fear and God wants you to quit fearing. Right now, God wants you to quit fearing. Put it at the, at the altar and say, God is my God. He will lead me by the hand. He will help me and he will go before me. If you want to fear, fear God. If you want to fear, fear in God's presence. God helps us to take the next step of faith even amidst our fears. Bring your fears to God. Run to God with your fears. Say, Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I'm scared. This, is, this has got me broken down. It's got me undone. He has the power and the desire to be with us amidst our fears. He speaks promises. He provides. He protects. Right in the heart of the storm, you unlock all that God has by faith. So you take your fears and you know you're fearful and fearfully trembling, you come to God and you bring those fears to God and you say, Lord, this is, this is killing me, Lord. I can't operate when this is going on. When my child is sick, I shut down, Lord. Or when I'm this, I shut down, Lord. Oh God, this paralyzes me. You bring it to God and say, Lord, what do I do? What can you, what do I do? You shut down, you shut out, you shut off with fear. Fear is your enemy. And that's why God says, do not fear. Fear is the greatest enemy it is to faith. Fear is your greatest enemy to faith. Not sin. Not sin. Not performance. Not your character. Your fear. Your fears are what keeps you from trusting God. And look, look what God says about fearful times. John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you peace like the world gives. Don't let your hearts be hard and troubled. Do not be afraid. Psalm 23 verse 4, you know this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. 2023 is going to have at least one dark valley. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. That means evil is coming and the valley is coming, but I'm not going to be plagued with 
fear. I'm going to walk right through fearless. I'm going to walk right through fearless. For you are, that's why I'm not going to fear. Your rod, that's why I'm not going to fear. Your staff, that's why I'm not going to fear. Your comfort, that's why I'm not going to fear. I'm going to be fearless. I'm not going to operate in fear. I'm going to operate in faith. Psalm 34 verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my... I love this verse. I love this verse. I've done a bookmark for you. 94, well, my team did. 19, uh, Psalm 94 verse 19. When anxiety was great within me, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Oh, that's, that's what you want to sit down and you just, just sit early morning, just, just keep staring. Nobody is more important. No voice, no text is more important in the morning than just when anxiety is great within me. Your consolation brings me joy. Stare at it. Stare at God's word until words become thoughts. His words become your thoughts. And your thoughts dictate your emotions. And your emotions are without fear. You close your Bible and you stand up. What can man do unto me? For the Lord is with me. That's what quiet times are about. And you've gone through a whole year, some of you, and you never opened your Bible. You're more comfortable with unbelievers than you are with believers. You're more comfortable with inspiration than you are with instruction. You don't know the words of God. You don't know the promises of God. And that is why your faith is weak. And because your faith is weak, your fear is high. Your fears are strong. 2023, a year of fearlessness, faith-filled, fruitful, fearless, faith-filled, fruitful. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand. Read it like God is speaking to you right now. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. You look like you want me to close, so I'll close. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Come on, people. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Get the difference. Get the reason why you don't have a fear. The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So until the Lord is your stronghold, until the Lord is your light and salvation, you are going to fear and you will give in. So you've got to give Priority this year to strengthening your faith. You're not listening to me. You've got to give priority to the things that build your faith. Your personal quiet times this year. You're hanging out with two or three of the same gender people around the same age who are very strong in their faith. You need to do things with certain faith-filled people who also with you require faith to do those things. Take up projects, take up ministries that require God to use you. You need to budget and give that allows for faith to trust God for the rest of it. Don't give because you can. Give when you can't so that God can 
and replaces you to give more. Because giving is a faith thing. Giving is a faith thing. Start with money. Nothing like money to get your faith moving. Don't give 10%. I, gave 10, I, I don't give 10%. Give much more than 10%. Give in such a way that it is not enough for you to live on. Give in such a way there's not enough for you to live on. Who will have to take care of your needs then? God will have to take care of your needs. And God will because you're a giver. Give your time, give your money, give your resources, give your wealth, give your advice, give your perspective. The Lord is your light and your salvation. What do you do with fears? Where do you run when you're scared? What can you do with faith? What will life be like if you were fearless? Can you think with me? Imagine. What would your job be like if you were fearless? What would your relationship with your spouse be like if you were fearless? What would it be like with the neighbors in your colony if you were fearless? What would it be like with money and the future if you were fearless? What would life be like if you were fearless? Father in heaven, this is not something that we can be convinced about by words. This, this requires the hand of God. This requires the word of God to go deep down and like seed die there and germinate and bring fruit. This requires a mighty hand of God working in us. So spirit of the living God, covenant life is a people, broken people, needy people who need you Lord and need for you to replace their fears with faith so that this year would be a year of fearlessness faith filled and fruitful we want to act in faith we want our faith to reflect that we believe the promises of God we know the promises and believe the promises of God having believed the promises we want to, see, want to see God come through and having God come through we want to become even more fearless more fearless would you do that in our life oh God would you do that? I commend our lives, our hearts, our emotions, our fears to you.